I'm Mirza, and I really wish Cher was my second mom. And I'm Pooja. I'm the biggest Scorpio in Prospect Heights. So true. Do you have problems that you think are really important, but other people don't really want to hear about? These are problems that your therapist has told you to move on from. We're here to give you advice on all of them, from the nothing burger to the everything burger. Like, did you accidentally make eye contact with your boss in the Equinox Steam Room? Scandalous. Do you hate the soap in your in-law's bathroom? Are you afraid to run outside because you have terrible form? Does your boyfriend keep making out with his dog that has terrible breath and then trying to kiss you? Well, if you've experienced any of these problems, you may qualify for our advice. A quick little disclaimer, we are not trained professionals. If you do take our advice, please take with caution. Proceed with caution because we are the, the problem, problem solvers. solvers. Hi, I'm Shelly Long from Troop Beverly Hills. And I'm Pooja Reddy. Yes, Pooja Reddy, back stateside. Yes, I'm back in the studio. I'm back in New York. How does it feel? You were on a long trip. You were gone forever. I was gone for one month. I forgot what you looked like. I know. <laughs> okay, I was gone for one month. We referenced it in the podcast that I was going to be gone. Yes. Right? But the thing is, is that we had pre-recorded those episodes and I was uploading them from India hmm. with very little Wi-Fi, I have to say. And fluorescent lighting. <laughs> and fluorescent lighting. And India has two things, which is tube lights and the Wi-Fi in my grandparents' house was not it. Mm -hmm. mm. So what I was doing is like, I kind of messed up a little bit and... I was supposed to download like an eSIM when I, so I would have unlimited data when I got to Oh, like onto your phone? Yeah. Okay, okay. So I could have data when I was there and I read the instructions wrong and I thought that I had to activate it once I got there. Hmm. Turns out I was supposed to activate it uh, in the States and then <sighs> it would like kick in there. That's some bureaucratic BS. Like, I don't know. This is like, sounds like a whole visa situation. Like you have to leave before we can let you back in kind of thing. Like, it, I don't like that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And my uncle was like, you should have read the instructions. I was like, the instructions were so confusing. I didn't think it mattered. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it mattered that much. So t I didn't have data when I was there. Mm. And what I would do is anytime I was in a store or with my driver, I would ask them to hotspot their phone for me. Oh, my God. And so I feel like I did upload one episode <laughs> via hotspot. <laughs> I asked my driver to just, like, turn his phone on, and I took my laptop downstairs. I'm and I screaming. I'm screaming. So... Listeners, I hope that you guys have enjoyed the last four episodes because the last four weeks I have been in India. Uploading on shitty Wi-Fi. Exactly. <laughs> pulling my freaking hair out. Oh, I do know the texts from you about the episodes. I, I would like wake up to them. You'd be like, it's not working. It's <laughs> Totally. Oh, my God. I was like, I was going through it. Um, so funny. Yeah. So I was in India. Yeah. Well, what's the high and what's the low of your time there? I love asking that question. People go on trips. Oh my gosh, the high was being with my grandparents. That's nice. Just like unstructured time with my grandparents yeah. was incredible. I was living a very retired lifestyle, waking up at like 6 a.m. because that's what old people do. I mean, they're like waking up at like 5.30. Did you set an alarm? No. Okay, no. naturally waking up at Just 6 like waking up because I was going to bed early. Oh my God. Speaking of my grandparents waking up at 5.30. So... I wanted to continue my therapy when I was there. Yes. Because I was like, listen, routine. Like, I also thought I would need therapy being, you Back know, with, with my family, family yeah. for one month, having zero autonomy. Checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> especially being there where 
it's not like New York. Like my life here, I'm very free. I can walk out the door, do whatever I want. You do whatever the hell you want. Exactly. Yeah. There, I'm living in someone else's house, someone else's rules. Also, I'm not as familiar with the place, so I'm not moving around as much. So I kept my therapy and I the therapist gave me two options. One was like 2 p.m. in the afternoon, India time, or 5.30 a.m. India time. And it's one of those situations where you can't like cancel right before, right? So they'll charge you or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I chose 5.30 a.m. thinking no matter what I have planned that day, I will I'll always be free at 5:30 a.m., right? I don't want to have to like not go out to lunch with like a family member because of therapy. Exactly. Right, it right, just right. feels like uh, I don't want to put myself in that situation. Okay, yeah. My grandparents have a flat and it's just one floor, but the they only have Wi-Fi in the main common areas. Oh, so no. in the bedrooms there's, there's no, no Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Oh no. So in order to do the therapy, I would need to be in the common area. How are you gonna watch Pornhub? Like what? <laughs> you better tether to your driver's hotspot. Holy! Yeah, I guess I'm gonna have to. Excuse me, sir. You don't understand. <laughs> it's necessity. <laughs> like, look away. Put the partition up. <laughs> yeah, literally. So, um, I was like, okay, still, even if it's even if I have to be in the common area, that's okay, because it's 5:30 a.m. Who's gonna be awake? They're both Tell away. <laughs> Literally, I lived with three senior citizens. My great aunt, my grandma and grandpa. All three of them were awake at 5.30 a.m. shuffling around. And probably cogent and also like very aware. So they heard everything that you were saying. Yes. And the thing is that none of them know English. They can mm. read English, but they're not like conversant in English. Sure. So I wasn't worried about like them understanding what I was saying. Um, so I just was like, okay, I'm going to do this anyways. It's fine. And I told my grandmother though, Hey, listen, at five 30, I have a work call mm. in New York. So please don't bother me. You know, I'm going to be, give me the space. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm going to be on a call. Don't come up to me and start talking to me because like, I, I'll be on this call. Yeah. So, you know, I do the therapy for like three to four weeks and at the very end of my trip, my grandma was, as I was leaving, my grandma was like, Pooja, um, I, I think, you know, my advice for you for when you go back to New York is that you should quit your job. And I was like, what? And she was like, you know, you say you have, you like, every time you join a work meeting, you cry. Oh, no. She was like, your boss seems really awful if they're making your, you cry. Because you told her it was work, but it was therapy. Yes, oh, and I was no. like, oh, my God. And I finally had That's to hilarious. tell her that it was therapy. And then she was like, what? what's therapy? Well, what's that? You don't need that. Exactly. I love grandparents. They're like, I didn't need therapy. I was fine. Yeah, yeah they were like, <laughs> yeah, their, their perception of therapy is that, like, you yeah, they they just don't understand it. So that was a fun moment yeah. as I was saying my goodbyes. That's hilarious. It's a very um, grandparent generational divide thing. Totally. Um, the uh, low the low was the up- low was this podcast. Yeah, the low was uploading the fucking podcast with the Wi Fi. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Going home to family is such a funny thing because the first day that you get there, you obviously revert to your 14 year old self immediately. And you're like, mom, make me my mashed potatoes. Make me that thing that brought me comfort. And the next day you're screaming at each other uh, about your UTI, you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's like, how did we get here? I don't want to live here anymore. <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, well, I'm I am super curious about your experience going back to Croatia because mm -hmm. for me, um I felt like I have grown up going to India every couple of years and like my family coming here. I, I feel like I I have one foot there, one foot here. Mm -hmm. And I can understand both ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think that my American friends, if they were to go to India, they'd be like, make it make sense. Make it make sense. So, they probably would. <laughs> yeah, because the thing about India is that it is the most chaotic, illogical place in the world. It's overstimulation, probably. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. But the thing that I love about it and that is so impressive about India is that Everything works somehow, you know? I mean, they're a smart people. They have shit figured out. <laughs> yeah, it's like everything is efficient as hell, even yeah. if it's like, even though it doesn't seem like it should yeah. be, right? Yeah. From an outsider's perspective, they're like, what the hell is this? From Western here? perspective. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I just felt like my experience there was like, in America, everything is followed like to the letter of the law, mm -hmm. you know? There, everything is followed to the spirit of the law. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you aim generally in this direction, it's totally fine. <laughs> it's nothing too strict, right? <laughs> totally. Like, like, don't murder, but like if they make you angry, you know, if they're annoying. <laughs> totally. It's like, you know, speed limit. I'm like, a oh, suggestion. Exactly. A it's suggestion. a suggestion, a price. It's always negotiable. <laughs> it's always negotiable. You know, like a law, you shouldn't smoke in here. And then you pay someone, you know, you slip someone 20 rupees and then they're like, okay, you smoke can smoke whatever in you here. want. Yeah. yeah, it's just like really interesting. And I'm curious how you feel like what is the uh, dynamic when you go back to Croatia? Like, mm. what is Croatia society like in terms of. Mm. Like, are they as rigid as the states are about certain things? You know, I think it's changed a lot in Croatia over the years just because, you know, now it's kind of fully integrated into the European Union and a lot of tourists go there. So there's been kind of a convergence to American culture a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but, honey, if you were there 20 years ago back in the Eastern Bloc with me and my parents, <laughs> like, we were having a ball. <laughs> 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 we were having a ball in the former communist Yugoslavia. Like it, we were having a we great were kings. We were kings. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we don't talk about it. it. There's some bitterness, but it, we 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 were balling. Okay, in the Yugoslavian Empire. <laughs> Take me back. <laughs> Take me you're from like, the fresh hell of the West Village. <laughs> you're like you don't know who my grandfather was in the former Yugoslavia. Slavia, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're not supposed to mention his name, but, but like, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's changed so much, you know. Now it's sort of shed its Eastern block mm -hmm. exterior and is much more docile and Western. And you know, Tulum everyone, Beach Club. It's like literally a Tulum Beach Club, yeah. you know. Before you know when it and before it was like Moscow. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, but the spirit and soul of my family is still of that former Yugoslavia. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't changed a bit. <laughs> it's sort of like Shit's Creek when you take those people and you put them in like a small Yeah, town. totally. It's a little bit like that. I uh, mean, your family did go to Iowa. So yes. that is very, it's very similar. Very similar. Very I can similar. see your mom and her freaking minx or whatever <laughs> she had. Oh my God. Yeah. She loves a fur. She loves a fur. She likes to stay warm. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> 
It used to get very, it gets very cold in Croatia in the winter. I can imagine. Rainy and, you know, uh, tornadic. It's it's unsettling. Scary. It's unsettling. Uh, Okay, so that is my... I love that. It sounds like you had an amazing time. And now you're back and your biggest issue is that you're probably not on a regular sleeping schedule yet. Right. I'm not. I'm definitely not on a regular sleeping schedule. I've been waking up at like 4.30 a.m. Lord Jesus. Making breakfast. Breakfast? Because <laughs> I'm hungry. Because you're, you're starving. Because you're like, I already time, had, yeah. I go to bed without eating dinner because I'm so tired. Oh, my gosh. So You have to force yourself. Yeah. You have to force yourself back to it. So, yeah. I've mm. been eating. Uh, the other day I made at 4. Th- at, yeah. The other day at 4.30 a.m. I made a scallion pancake uh, egg wrap breakfast wrap oh my god i'll wake up at 4 30 if you make me that <laughs> totally it was a scallion pancake then i put a layer of avocado mashed avocado then a layer of chili crisp then some loosely scrambled eggs hot it was incredible that's hot did yeah. the smell wake up scott no no okay we, thankfully our apartment is small but not that small thankfully. okay okay this the smell doesn't transfer no okay no. that's good no oh fun i yeah. love that i'm so happy that you're back thanks i know yeah. I'm, now it's a little bit back to reality yes i've known that i was going to india for like close to six months now i would say oh wow yeah excuse me so i've spent the lead up to this trip being like i'll figure out xyz thing after india well guess what now it's after it's after <laughs> yeah. and it's like reality is like biting me in the ass it's it's here it's here it, literally it's here Ooh. and we only have like six more weeks left of this year that makes no sense to me. it makes no sense summer was just yesterday <gasps> speaking of speaking of yeah what is going on with you this week i am enraged at people still wearing shorts in new york in November? In November. I'm walking the streets and there's a man full on wearing shorts. Listen, I get it. It's been warm. It's been above 60 degrees a few days. Mm-hmm. We had a little heat heat situation, but it's really time to move on. <laughs> it's time to wear jeans. It's time to cover up our legs and let the hair grow out. You know, <laughs> like it's bulking and hairy season. Winter's here. Yeah. <laughs> like live it the way you're supposed to. Men who wear shorts in the winter, it's giving middle school boy. It is. And it's not even that they're going to the gym and then wearing the shorts. Like they're wearing like a cargo or they're wearing a chino short. What are you doing? You're mm. not running hot. You're not. Did they have a? Did their closet burn down? Did I, I have questions? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're of the male specimen. Yes. Like what? Like like where and why do you think that tendency exists within the male specimen? I think men have a toxic masculinity with the weather. Okay. Listen here. I think that they don't. A lot of men don't like to be told what to do. Okay. They don't like to be controlled. Mm-hmm. You do know what I'm saying? Can't be tamed. Can't, they can't be tamed. That's what I'm trying to say. And they don't like the weather taming them is my theory. So they're like, I will wear shorts when it's 42 degrees outside because I am above the cold. Okay. That's my theory. Okay. I thought it was just because I didn't have style or any sense. Oh, that's part of it too. But I also think that there's like a control factor. I think Fair. there's a psychological situation there. Fair. Yeah. I don't know, you know. They're probably not going to therapy at 530 in the morning, but maybe they should. 
Some of y'all are not doing the work. Put okay. the work in and put the pants on. Yeah. That's my two cents. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's not really a problem that's solvable, I think, by us here, uh, but it's really more a commentary on people who have not transitioned at the appropriate time to weather appropriate attire. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. Well, you would have been pissed at me because I got on the flight, you know, end of September, basically, uh-huh. wearing Tevas. What's a Teva? Uh, a sandal. You got on the flight from India in a no, sandal? Like, I went to India in a sandal. Was it warm? Oh, well, in India, it's like 80 degrees and sunny every day. It's amazing. It was incredible. It was it was life-changingly wow. incredible. That's I why was you're like, like, I gotta you're, move you're to tan. LA. I know, I have been you out. You have a tan. Yeah. I know, I've been out in the fields. <laughs> in the fields. I have because, well, that's a whole other side story. Tilling, tilling the fields. Kind of, actually. Oh my gosh. Because my... I come from an agricultural family, mm-hmm. and so two of my uncles, um, both like in their retirement, have started um, farming again. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So now my family has rice paddy and cotton. Okay. Yeah. So All right. We, so we, I, we, I was eating rice that my family. Lo- that's amazing. From my family's farm. All right. She's on the empire of rice. Casual. So. When I when I went to India, I was wearing open toed sandals. Lord. When I came, because it was seventy degrees in New York and it was eighty and sunny in, in India every day. Yep. When I came back, it was forty five degrees in New York. And you were still in your tivas. I was, I but I was wearing socks with them. Oh Lord Jesus! <laughs> oh know, Lord Jesus! <laughs> it was a twenty four hour travel day. That's okay? a long. Yeah, it's a long. So time. you know, you you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to be ugly. Sometimes you just got to lean into the ugly. Exactly. So I do like doing that when I'm in the airport. I like to lean into the ugly. Yeah. I'm like, no, I didn't pluck my eyebrows. Like, no, I didn't floss today or any day. I didn't. <laughs> you know like i just i haven't done those things and it's okay because we're all here in the cesspool of air travel together right exactly as long as you don't smell then it's fine yeah totally yeah exactly i think as long as everyone's like hygienic it's that's, totally that's fine. good for me you can look as ugly you can look as ugly as you want yeah be as comfortable as you want yeah. at the airport yeah just be hygienic about it i don't want to see your bra i don't want to see your feet but just be clean, and if you smell bad, go to the duty-free and spray yourself with some of those tester colognes. Oh, my God, absolutely. That will take you far. Yes. Yeah. Well, Aww. lovely. Should we get into our advice seekers problem of the week? Yeah. Let's do it. Hi, problem solvers. Hey. My long-term boyfriend is a management consultant. Hot. So he works long hours and is constantly traveling. Hot. For the last year, he's had a woman on his team that is a similar age, and she's become his work wife. They travel together, eat meals together, and obviously work together. I've met her, and she seems great, and we hit it off. While I don't think that my boyfriend would cheat on me, there is a tiny part of me that feels jealous and insecure about the time they spend together. And I've started to get anxious about whether he would leave me for her. Oh, la la. Should I ask my boyfriend to dial it back with her out of respect to me, or am I making something out of nothing? Oh, la la. Oh, that's a good one. I have comments on this. Okay. Listen, I have been, I've never been in holy matrimony, but I've had many wives, if that makes sense. Work wives. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
yes, yes, yes. You're one you, of them. Okay, first of all, we are in holy matrimony. We are in a business together. <laughs> we made it official. We made it official. No, we did. No, you're one of my ex-work wives. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I, I mean, you know, current work wife here. But, um, you know, I think work especially when you're a management consultant, you're on the road, you're traveling, like it's nice to have a buddy who yeah. can, um, who can, you know, laugh about things with you, complain about the boss, complain about the war, you know, what, or just have a, have a good time. I think have, you like, need that. Have like share a, a human moment with. Yeah. Totally. And like you, I, you know, I tell my work wives everything, you know, I told you everything. You would like come into my office, we'd close the door and Bitch, we'd gossip for hours. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. It was therapy. It was entertainment. We had a bar card. We had a crusty yellow couch. We yeah. had a, a whiteboard. <laughs> we really had everything at our disposal. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. I I think it's very healthy to develop those kinds of relationships at work. Do they evolve into other kinds of relationships? Do they toe the line of more personal? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can't speak for heterosexuals because I'm not one. I have had a workplace romance, but it was very under the radar and not like an actual relationship. It was more just like a sexual thing. Okay, um, sure. But I think that it's probably very common for straight people that work together, like a straight man and a straight woman, mm -hmm. to develop feelings or some kind of emotions for each other because they spend 40 hours a week together. That's more than he's spending with his wife or his girlfriend yeah, totally. just by virtue of, you know, capitalism. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I, I definitely think that this toes a line where of course it's like, uh, it, yeah, like it's, it's very human to build relationships with people that yeah. if that you're spending that much time with, and it's also human to, fall in love with people they're spending that much time with. absolutely so i will say it's like our advice seeker on one hand isn't pulling this from out of nowhere yeah um i think what she's experiencing is not abnormal so have you ever developed a close relationship with a co-worker that was a straight man that was outside of work Outside of work, I mean, yes. Like I, I like I've, I have very, I've had a few very incredible platonic um, friendships with straight men that mm. I've worked with, mm. and I've never once felt like they were going to like toe the line. Have you seen workplace romances? Yeah, I've seen workplace romances. I've seen people who like. You know, you know, you meet people in medical school or like, yeah. you know, like you meet them once you're like in this like program. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. And which is tough because it's like you're spending all this time studying at the library. So, of course, that that could happen. Um, it makes sense. It just it's tough, to, though, because. I guess, like, what's the line between platonic hangout and then like i think each couple has to identify the boundary there 
of like what is crossing the line or what is deemed disrespectful to the other person. Because yeah. I don't think that I'm not like fucking Mike Pence's wife who's like absolutely not like how oh Mike Pence can't like be in he the same room. He can't be with a woman by himself. Exactly. I mean that that seems like a little too strict and crazy. Exactly. Um, so it's yeah. like it's like that's one end of the spectrum. Then the other end of the spectrum is like no boundaries. Do whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think when I think about those boundaries, you know, what I feel comfortable with a significant other regularly going out to one-on-one dinners with someone that they work with probably not really i mean what if they were not attractive well that's that's a different thing if they're not attractive i don't care (laughs) well yeah and that's the thing too but it's like i think even in um i think maybe this might i don't want to stereotype i guess but it's like ugly people are non-threatening no well is that what you're trying to say no i guess what i'm trying to say is that like you know, the type of cheating that I've seen in straight relationships as well is that like you're getting something emotionally from someone else. Like you're you're getting something different emotionally from maybe like your work wife that you're not getting from your actual wife or your actual partner. And it, ha- it might not have anything to do with looks, but it's like it's a supplemental thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's even if it's non-sexual like that is even a little emotional cheating emotional cheating yeah i really think emotional cheating is cheating i mean it is yeah it's still it's just because it's not physical doesn't mean it's not cheating yeah but i think that some people define cheating as like only if physical is involved but you can get just as hurt with emotional cheating oh 100 percent. like if your partner doesn't tell you things but only tells things to somebody else that maybe is a a, a work wife or a work husband like that can be hurtful yeah and then the stronger the bond that you're building with the other person i think it does weaken the bond with your actual partner and yeah, yeah. i i guess it's it's not totally zero sum but it is like you're sort of it's like who are you prioritizing who are you prioritizing yeah i agree it can get very tricky it's hard I, yeah i don't know but these feelings are normal i think to be jealous. Yeah. Jealousy is very normal. I mean, it's in therapy when I talk about jealousy with my therapist, he's like, he, he says to me, when you get jealous over a situation or over somebody or a significant other, stop thinking about them and think to yourself what inside of you is triggered by that. Okay. And it's usually like fear of abandonment or, you know uh childhood traumas or parental issues or things like that you know the whole gambit of issues that humans have to deal with but when you feel jealousy a lot of people i think like to displace the blame of jealousy onto others and you gotta you gotta reel it back into you of like why are you insecure about this why do you you know what's causing the insecurity for you to be jealous right yeah and the answer depends on the person there's not no blanket answer but it's definitely you it's not them yeah exactly like you're right i think that jealousy is a pretty universal feeling yeah but the question is what is reasonable to say out loud like when you know like when you're like saying the quiet part out loud totally it's like what is reasonable for you to say to your partner or request of them even it's like sure you might share hey i'm having this very illogical insecurity and i'm feeling jealous about this thing so it's like sure maybe that might be 
a healthy way for you to just express, get it off your chest. But it's like, are you going to follow up then with an ask to be like, yeah, and you can't hang out with them. It's like, how reasonable is it? It, yeah. it starts to border not being uh, like reasonable because I think, you know, what about the situation is making you jealous about? It's not that person. It's mm-hmm. your lack of connection or your lack of getting what you want from your partner that's causing you to experience that jealousy. Yeah, It's not the other person because they're prettier or they spend more time with him. I mean, those are contributing factors. But I think at the end of the day, it's you feel that there's something amiss in your relationship and this other person this work wife is just a catalyst for those issues Ooh, very real real well Pooh, what is your pee on the advice seekers problem okay advice seeker my advice to you is to not sabotage your relationship mm. okay if you're happy in a relationship and when you're in your most like logical state when you think about your partner his actions and maybe what he is capable of or what he's not capable of based on the information you have about him really think like is anything he's doing with this work wife or the situations he's putting himself in with her is that crossing the line Mm -hmm. if it is then okay i would say that you have the right to bring it up to him to say hey this has been weighing heavy on me I would appreciate if we had a conversation about boundaries or mm-hmm. about, you know, what I would feel comfortable of you doing with that person yeah, um, or, or what time you're spending with them. If you feel like maybe you're just making it up in your head. Yeah. Then you probably are. <laughs> yeah. Then mm-hmm. then I would say if you are in the type of relationship that shares feelings, no matter how illogical or you know whatever they may they may seem um go ahead and share with your partner hey i'm having this insecurity and i'm feeling jealous or you can say like you could go ahead and share to your partner hey i'm feeling very jealous about your relationship with your work wife but it's actually just comes down to the insecurity that i have about how little time we get to spend together these days yeah and you can share that and then maybe that'll help him try to bridge a gap with you and and be like, okay, so what can I do to make it up to you? Or what can I, how can I be there more for you? How can we invest more in our relationship? Um, But I think I would just leave it at that then. I think, you know, like let yourself have that one conversation, but don't dwell on it anymore. Don't check that girl's Instagram stories. Don't like that photo from 2016. Oh, Lord Jesus. Please do not. With that grainy filtered photo. Don't do it. No, absolutely. Her <laughs> her Instagram profile is off limits after the hours of 10 p.m. Block. Absolutely do not go back to 2014 to pictures of her at Coachella with her friends. Accidental like the worst that'll make you actually seem so desperate and sad and they will definitely talk about it the next day at work yes and then she will be like 
Wait, uh, why was she creeping on yeah. me? And then it's like, because also this person is just out on the side, has no idea that all this shit is happening, right? Like, Yeah, you're going to strengthen the bond between your partner and the work wife by doing this. Absolutely. Put so, the Instagram down and go to bed. Reel it in, girl. Reel, reel, reel it, it in. in. Okay, well, Mears, what's your advice for the advice here? My advice here is very similar to yours. I think that... She shouldn't be blaming her partner for the jealousy she's experiencing. And she also shouldn't be blaming the work wife. I think she should have a conversation if she feels the need with her partner and say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is why I think I'm feeling it. I don't know how to process this. I don't know what next steps are. I, you know, And just see what they have to say. See what your partner has to say. The other thing is... If you feel jealous because he's spending time with his work wife doing things, then why don't you take the initiative and plan something to do with your husband mm. or your partner and like forge a bond by doing those things together versus mm. fuming in your jealousy around his work wife. If you're jealous that they're getting dinner together, if you're jealous they're traveling together, take a weekend trip with him, go out to a nice restaurant with him, you know? There's things you can do that will strengthen your bond with him. Mm. And that'll just be like a natural boundary setter too, to remind him like who his significant other is. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the advice seeker building a friendship with the work wife or, or trying to insert herself into the dynamic? So it feels a little bit more like, you know, that, she, that she's a part of it. Cause maybe that's how she's feeling is that she's <laughs> missing out. I don't like that. Oh, it feel I, I don't like that. It feels very, I don't know, like, it, do you know that movie? What was that movie called? Swim, Swim Lake or Swimmer? Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm. Oh, it's like a movie about this girl who, like, gets this guy to fall in love with her, and they're on the swim team in high school, and he has a girlfriend, and she's, like, the other woman, and the girl slowly finds out and, like, tries to insert herself into their friendship, mm. and then the the other woman kills her. Um, <clears throat> so don't let the other, don't let the work wife kill you. You know, <laughs> that's my advice. <laughs> don't watch that movie. Um, mean girls also does this too. They do. I think she should not try to insert herself in the dynamic. She doesn't work at the company. She doesn't know what their inside jokes. She doesn't know who they hate in finance. Like yeah. they need to have their space. And as long as he's not like going over to her apartment, spending the night or doing too many one-on-one -on -one dinners, it's probably fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, keep it tight. Don't be too jealous. And if you do get jealous, look inside, not out. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Another problem solved. solved. Hey, did you like that episode? Well, if you did, please rate it five stars on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to this episode. And make sure to come back every Wednesday for brand new episodes of The Problem Solvers. See you then.